Now somewhere in the black mining hills of Dakota There lived a young boy named Rocky Raccoon And one day his woman ran off with another okay. guy Hit young Rocky in the eye It's Larry and Jim, the Broken Talk Boys We're back, we're here to answer all your questions about real estate Write us at excuse me. Write us at broker-talk.com and let us know what's on your mind. I'm Jim Lowenstern. My co-host is Larry Lawfer. Before I turn the mic to Larry, I just want to say, Broker Talk is sponsored today by Castles Unlimited, where you get the best real estate offers online. Go to castlesunlimited.com for all your real estate needs. Now, Larry, have I told you that this is my favorite time of the week, and you, I look forward to it? You, you in fact, have told me, and since my desk is not too far from you, and I hear some of your phone calls, I can certainly imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I get to turn the phone off and uh, get away from my desk. It's exactly. A, it's a real pleasure. But no, seriously, I do enjoy this. Yeah, it's, it's great to have all these wonderful guests uh, sharing insight. And, and Brian Solchuk, our guest today, is from uh, Florida, actually via uh, somewhere in Canada. Uh, I think he uh, started out as a, uh, uh, a young human. Um, uh, Brian is someone I've known a good long while. We started out uh, script practicing many, many years ago. Um, which is an important aspect. Brian owns his own um, real estate firm, but he didn't start out that way. He struggled at the beginning, as most newer agents do, and uh, that's why I invited him on. He has a interesting story to tell, and uh, welcome aboard, Brian. Hey, Jim and Larry. It's a pleasure to be here with both of you today and uh, have the opportunity to connect and create. Thanks for having me. Well, I didn't get a chance to say that you're a CCIM, a CRS, an SRES, and that means a lot to the agents who understand what it is. Uh, it's a, um, a certified commercial investment manager. Member. Uh, member. Um, I, I'll read it. Certified residential specialist, a CRS. And SRES is Seniors Real Estate Specialist. These designations that we, that we get, I think they mean a lot to us because we had to actually take the course and study it. Uh, I don't know how much it means to the, uh, the clients, uh, but Brian, what do you think about that? I think uh, the education and the the discipline and the courses that are provided through showing up and being there and going through that training is definitely beneficial because it allows you to become a greater version of yourself. And also with that knowledge and education, you can take that and apply it in the different fields and, um, and help the different demographics. For instance, the SRES designation, finding out more of the different demographics and what the senior community uh, needs and what their wants are and, able, and being able to apply my knowledge in that area. And the CCIM designation, I feel that um, more so along the lines of having that education and knowledge and being able to network with different professionals that uh, people do seek out that designation uh, compared to the, the CRS designation. Now, Brian, you're selling real estate in Florida? Yes, uh, I am in South Florida, and I live in Oakland Park, Florida, which is just right so outside of Fort Lauderdale and okay. um, about 30 miles 
north of Miami. And I've lived here since 1986, and I've been selling real estate for 19 years this January. So I moved out of Florida in 1985. So I didn't necessarily see you coming down I-95, but uh, it could have been pretty close, because I was going north when you were going south. <laughs> could have been close, so I don't know what I waved, Jim. <laughs> and, and I started in uh, real estate in Palm Beach in probably about 1982. Kind of dates me a bit. But, um, yeah, so the Seniors Real Estate Specialist designation uh, down there is much as any place that I can think of, probably helps a lot. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, Boomer. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, there's a lot of seniors. They've already made their purchase by that time. Do you do a lot of, um, uh, uh, do you get a lot of people that are referring their clients to you because they're coming down to your area? Or is it people moving around in your area, Brian? So the majority of the business that we have are referrals from uh, past clients because we've been doing it for a while in the area, and we do receive referrals from actually uh, CRSs and SRESs um, around the country. So we do receive referrals for that, and there is a larger demographic of older people here in South Florida, as uh, you both know, that coming down here and uh, retiring from the weather up north and different areas around the world. Right, but you're from Canada, aren't you, originally? Yes, originally I am from a little town just south of Toronto called Hamilton, and we have uh, actually Canadian buyers that we get referred from people and agents that are up in Canada as well, and even through our relationships and our uh, past history and knowledge that we have, we receive referrals from people up there as well. So I wanted to get on to the, uh, the reason why we're all here right now, Brian, and, and that's the trajectory that, that you have personally had. When I first met you, you were struggling with, uh, uh, with your agencies. You were struggling in your, in your career. Uh, we were both struggling to try and understand a little bit more about how to um, land expired and canceled listings. And that's why we ended up in the same program together and started script practicing. How important was script practicing to you? Oh, man, Larry, um, I'm glad that you were talking about this. It, it, it's a game changer, and it was a game changer. And through the consistent repetition and practice of doing that, so much shifted mindset-wise and how I showed up. and being able to understand the dynamic between who you want to do business with and who I had showing up. I used to get beat up all the time. I'd be getting tire kickers and drained energetically, not sleeping at night, just no consistent streams of income when I first started out. And then I really understood that through focusing on the practice and repetition of script practice and my mindset, it, it was a real powerful game changer for me. I think script practice is was vital in an ability for any agent to answer a variety of different questions, and you and I just didn't do it uh, ourselves. As back in those two years we were at it, there were maybe eight in the group, and we spoke to each other every morning. And it was either somebody from Tennessee, you're in Florida. Uh, there were several from the New York area. Everyone had different objections. 
And um, it was really one of those things when people ask me, what's the one thing an agent should do at the beginning of their career? I think it's script practice. And, and what about mindset? Uh, Brian, you brought up mindset. What, uh, what do you want to say about that? Uh, yeah, great, great question, Jim. So from before I started script practicing and understanding that by rehearsing and practicing the different objectives that people have out there, I, I was coming from a place of fear. And I was coming from, a, I don't know, a lack of a sense of fear and being afraid to actually go and knock on an expired listing door or contact a for sale high owner or even to the point where I was afraid of even being around people because of the objections. But through focusing on that practice of the script practice and really having a relationship with that repetition and practice through like-minded people, we're able to move from that place, and I was able to move from that place of fear to a mindset and a state of being of confidence because practicing that I saw shifted me in how I showed up with people, being able to be with them, you know, from uh, I remember when I was sitting in the car, I was so afraid to go knock on this expired listing door that I would go every day and sit in the car across the street from the place, and I never would go and knock on the door. For Were you hoping that they would come out and <laughs> rake some leaves yeah, or hey, who, who, plant yeah. some pansies or something? <laughs> hey, are you a real estate agent? I need one right now. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that creepy guy in the car? Oh, wow. Is this the NSA or the CIA? Or? I think he has a cat with him. Right. <laughs> so I, I have noticed such a huge difference, and it has been a game changer in my life. Okay, so, so now you don't sit in the car. Now you get out. Now you knock on the door. What happens when the door opens? So if I feel inspired during my day or it's on my agenda to go knock and talk, which I do, I, I, I have two new people a day in different avenues, but I'll just go and, and have a conversation or knock. And if the person answers the door, I just say, hey, I'm Brian with a one Florida. I sold the property around the corner for full market value, and I connect with them and see if they're interested in selling. And most of the time, people come out and answer the door and have a nice chat with you. And I'm able to convert a lot of contacts this, that way by just showing up and asking questions and treating people like human beings and seeing if we can work together instead of coming from that different place of fear or, or feeling bad. And are you going to the door uh, rather than calling or you just don't have their phone number? It just depends. So some of them I call, some of them I go to the door. A lot of them are leads from the internet, but I like that. I like being out now inside, you know, outside in, in, in nature and just going up and seeing different houses and meeting different people. And, and, and forgive me, because uh, I sold real estate in Florida and I have all my memories that are going back many years. What, do you, what are you wearing when, you, when you're doing your job? Like, uh, are, you, are you in a, a suit? Are you in shorts and flip-flops? I mean, Florida, I remember selling real estate maybe 10 miles off the ocean in July. And there were days, it, it was shorts and flip-flops. It was, you know, 90 plus degrees. And, you know, the, the sun down there is pretty strong. What are you wearing? 
<laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, not, right now, now. <laughs> now it's probably 50 or 60 degrees. Uh, yeah, you, you, I, I just had a flashback of all the open houses <laughs> I, I would do, you know, in July, August, and September when I first started out, and I'd put the, the suit on, and I'd be drenched in sweat setting the, the, the open house signs out in the medians and on the corners. But mostly now it's just a pair of dress pants and a, and a polo, a short sleeve polo. But if I feel inspired and I see someone outside and it's a for sale by owner or I'm driving on a Saturday or Sunday and I really feel like I'm following that intuition of go connect with that person, I'll go in my shorts and my T-shirt. Yeah, um, how you present yourself is important. Your image is important. Being professional is important. But I really feel that, and, and this has come from the repetition of the script practice, that who I'm being and how I'm showing up. Am I listening? Am I here just really concerned about helping this person and, and listening to what their needs and desires are and, and seeing if we can work together? I, I can't work with everyone. And some of them, you know, uh, as you guys know, it's, you know, you tell them to silently in your mind hit the road. <laughs> being authentic is very important. So I think, uh, I think that's what you're getting at. I think listening is really the critical uh, key, and when you arrive there with the desire to help rather than the commission breath that so many scripted agents have, I think that you know when you're moving through a script, when a real estate firm gives you a series of scripts and you say, say this, memorize this, and do it this way, that they're serving you very poorly. You need to practice and, and find a way to communicate with people about their real estate needs. I think that's far more important. And I think that was the, uh, the human aspect that I watched you go through, uh, Brian, over the years, that, that you went from someone who was uh, afraid to do something and then someone who was learning what to do and still afraid to learning more about yourself and just, uh, and just being of help to your community. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's so important to remember, be you. Each of us are so unique, and we have such gifts and talents uh, that we have to bring to the table. I find it so important to focus on your uniqueness. Yes, there's so much knowledge that's out there, and there's so many great nuggets from different teachers, from Barino, from all the other programs that are out there. So the way that I look at it now, and I wasn't always like this because I buy all the books and all the courses and spend so much money and, and drive myself nuts trying to remain rigid into how the book said that I needed to be. But I feel as if it's like, okay, I'm going from reading to script practice a little bit, uh, to philosopher, to initiate. I'm, I'm, I'm in the car. I'm scared. I'm going to drive around for a couple of months, and then I get the courage of practicing and focusing to go knock, and then, then you become a master of whatever that is for you. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, Brian, uh, t tell, tell our audience a little bit about um, your company, your, your listings, your business model, your office, uh, your associates. Tell us, tell us everything. Sure, absolutely. So it's a, a family-owned uh, company. My mom and I own the company together, and she started out in Canada in 1980 and came down here. My family moved here when we were younger in 86, and we have uh, a small amount of agents. There's four of us in, in the office, and actually my aunt works with us as well, and then another associate. And we all have advanced training. Um, 
from the different designations and communication. And the focus and the model is really bringing humanity back to the real estate experience. So focusing on, okay, well, what happens in the business or when there's a problem in the transaction and you have a closing today, and that closing is contingent upon something else closing, and, and that's all messed up because, say, for instance, that um, you know the, the buyer of the property didn't get their loan commitment, and, and, and it's just a trickle effect. So every day there's problems going on in the community and in these transactions, and you both know there's hundreds and hundreds of different details in each and every transaction. There could be up to 20 or more people involved from the lender and, and, the, and the title company, attorneys, surveyors, all that stuff. So it's really important for us through our training and through the meeting to understand not focus on the problem from a bad perspective. This here is going on right now. How can we communicate and work together with everyone to move towards getting the goal done efficiently? This is it. This is the problem. Ask questions around it. Focus. Devise goals and steps and a plan and tasks to move forward and see what you're going to do. And most of the time coming from that perspective, you get things done and they close. But sometimes they don't. You have to walk away from it and be comfortable with walking away from it. And that's not always easy when you're new. And sometimes it's still not as easy taking work home with you and, and being involved personally, as uh, I know that you both know that as well. So really, that doesn't sound like maybe a typical answer you're looking for, or a typical model as in, you know, we're focusing on these amount of numbers or we're focusing on this demographic or area. It's who can we help and how can we maximize the leverage of our minds in working together, even with the other realtors and the attorneys. And there's a lot of times where you have to have a stern conversation with someone when they're stuck in uh, drama and negativity. <laughs> are, are you more uh, buyer-focused or seller-focused? Are you more uh, residential or commercials-focused? Mostly my focus and my business. Last year, uh, 92% of my business was residential listings. And the office's business was uh, 70 Three, I believe, when I looked earlier this year, I don't have it in front of me. Seventy-three percent residential listing. So, um, the the listing side is where we focus on. List to last, as they say. Yes. And and what's the average uh, price range that you're in? The average price range for our sales in our office is around seven fifty, which is under the average in the Fort Lauderdale area now. The average price when the statistics came out last was a little over nine hundred thousand. But we focus on helping a lot of the older community as well, where the price point would be lower. Say, for instance, in Margate or Tamarack, we just just focus specifically say on like Fort Lauderdale, Oakland Park. We travel to different areas and communities like Weston, west of the Fort Lauderdale area, and south, Deerfield Beach, a little bit north, Hollywood South. Are you seeing a spring market starting right now as we are up here in, in the Boston area? It's 
so interesting, Larry. After uh, uh, the New Year, it's, it's time to list, it seems. <laughs> and so, yeah, and even with the tourists being down here, we've had an increase in our showings on our listings, and we've had an increase on uh, listings coming into market within the past two weeks. And communication-wise, people actually showing up and, and contacting us back for price reductions on properties that haven't sold yet. But, yeah, it, it's gotten quite busier. Um we did pick up a couple listings before Christmas, and of the three listings that uh, I took before Christmas, two of them went under contract. And it's really interesting because I've seen before a lot of agents and a lot of companies say just wait for the new year, and I don't agree with that model because everybody's putting their property up for sale at the new year, so you have more competition. And case in point, given with those listings, what has already gone under contract? So uh, about 10 years ago, during the, um, the Great Recession, Florida was hit pretty hard. Um, y- you were active in selling back then, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes, Jim. So um, it, how, how bad was it, and uh, where are you today in comparison as far as the market and the prices? So it's really interesting to look back then and to and to see what's going on now. I, I, I see a difference with there's more construction going on in South Florida than there was at that time, even though there was a lot. But a lot of the properties and the construction that are going on in the, the downtown uh, Fort Lauderdale and Miami area I'm seeing are transforming or being started off as uh, luxury rental properties. And from what I saw at the end of last year, this area has the highest price for uh, rentals at a property than any other place in the country. And so that's where I'm seeing a shift. I also see more commercial building and more retail building along lots that have sat for a long time. It's great that the interest rates are still down and properties are increasing, but before that bust and the recession and everything, about 10 years ago, the, the properties increase more uh, value-wise, price point-wise, than they are at this particular time. And um, they're not increasing as much, say, for instance, around 8 9% for a residential single-family single home before the recession or crash. And now we're averaging around 2 3 or 4% for single-family homes. Which is probably healthier. Because Florida was I always sort of a boom and bust uh, market. Correct. And, and I always wonder about that because the average income in the country and even in the area does not <laughs> increase as much as that the, the housing prices in Bell. Plus, we know the different scams and all of that stuff with the financing and, and everything that occurred back then as well. I definitely don't see that now. And there's been a, a, a lot of movement uh, towards... Uh, normalizing that but i did hear today on on um earlier uh, podcast i listened to about real estate and they were saying that the the banks are moving away right now from foreclosures that there were fewer foreclosures last year than there have been in the history of uh them tracking those kinds of things that the banks are trying to work things out with uh people uh, rather than just uh foreclose and move them I don't. I doubt very much if banks have unloaded all those properties that they had from back then. Oh, I bet they have. Are you kidding? You think so? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Florida's been on a mad tear. 
Am I wrong, Brian? And I believe it. I believe that they have. You know, going back to what happened then, we we got hit with four hurricanes uh, during that time period, and so things here got bad pretty quick with people not being able to pay, the market crashing, and then we had the those natural disasters as well. So, what did we do? What was going on and how we were doing things before wasn't sustainable and wasn't working, clearly. We had the storms. We had the market crash. We had prices that were crazy high, and, and it wasn't working anymore. Yeah, so George we had w. to reinvent Bush. ourselves at that time, and we became short-sale experts. So the majority of our, our business for two to three years after that crash were short sales and, and rentals and property management and moving into educating people to understand what the benefit was from doing that and seeing that, you know, if you're if you're able to do this instead of just walking away from it and having a foreclosure, it's like a say a grade C in school compared to an F on your on your uh, credit report. And at the beginning it was challenging and, and then going back to what Jim was saying, banks didn't want to work with you. They weren't coordinating. It was a big problem. They did move more and more as the time went by into being efficient to help sellers where we would get them, um, you know, incentives to, to turn over their keys and to move if they didn't have the money, $5,000, $7,000 um, to that extent. And it turned out to be a great time to buy. Back then it was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we sold a lot of places to investors at that time, which in turn we ended up selling for them again after five, six years, and they made lots of money. So um, talking about hurricanes, uh, how has that impacted Florida specifically, maybe your area even more specifically because of all the, um, I guess, all the housing on the canals and on the ocean, on the intracoastal, and uh, flood insurance, and uh, there, there must be a lot of factors that were affected by the hurricanes and you know, the tidal surges, what's going on with um, with that? So, yeah, that, that's um, another aspect of it living here. We've been really lucky in Fort Lauderdale and the Broward County area, even Miami, downtown Miami. The last major storm that came through um, that hit here in South Florida was Andrew in 92 or 94, and that was down south in Coral Gables. And... Um, at that time, I was a lot younger, obviously, but I don't really remember how it affected it then. But what happens when we get in the cone of uncertainty, if you have closings that are scheduled, you're not able to issue insurance. So big problems can arise if people are scheduled to close and they're scheduled to move and, and move in. You have to delay the closing. And then when you get maybe aspects of the storm because we haven't been hit head-on from the eye uh, or even the tornadoes that are affected by it. It can really create havoc and, and problems with uh, properties that are under contract schedule to close because of the insurance, because of any damage that occurs and having to have it reinspected. Also, if there's damage at a property or if uh, we're in the cone of uncertainty and there's issues with not getting insurance and and if they've already had the four-point inspection done and the wind mitigation inspection done different insurance companies will require the buyer to have that redone and they have to pay incurring an additional cost so did, did you say quite a, a headache and havoc and 
really, if we're in that cone and we're expecting a hurricane, things just shut down. You're in survival mode. The, the cone of uncertainty. I, I love I, that. I, I, cone I think, of uncertainty. Is, is that on the uh, weather forecast in the evening? We have a cone of uncertainty? <laughs> But 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 I I have been in there. I know it many a day. But but I'm I'm sort of wondering. Did you say wind mitigation? Maybe I um, correct. Ma- so we that? have uh, when you purchase a property here as part of the home inspection, you'll have the general inspection, and then also you have the four point inspection and the wind mitigation inspection, which is done through the inspector and provided to the insurance company. Those two inspection forms have to be given to them. So they can determine your rate based upon the age of your roof, your windows, if you have hurricane protection or or, uh, hurricane impact windows, the age of your electricity, uh, your electrical system, the plumbing, all that other fun stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff there. Hey, we have a lot of seasoned people sitting here at the table right now. Let's finish out the show by answering the question. Um, well, it comes from the question, if I knew then what I know now, um, all new agents, they, uh, they want to ask all the time, what, what's the one thing I should be doing? What would you suggest that to be, Brian? One thing. Marry a very prolific construction worker, builder, investor, yeah, developer, subdivider. Win, win the lotto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, going back to the mindset, what's coming up for me and what I realized through my experience in this is your, your, your well-being and you focusing on you is, is, is important and it should be the first part of your day and it should occupy a couple parts of your day and even the end of the day focusing on you feeling good focusing on what you want focusing on understanding that having a little bit of plan with a little bit of action and educating yourself and moving forward would have been the key and focusing on and talking to and looking for people in the industry and it doesn't even have to really be in the, in, in the real estate industry, but look for people in the real estate industry in your local market who you admire, people who are successful, people who have systems in place that you uniquely like and admire, and go talk to them. Go meet with them. Read books. Look for people even maybe that are not in the industry, in your community that you can network with and connect. It's all about being around those people having those systems in place professionally, whether it's a couple of lenders you recommend, the title companies, or even from a closing gift, and go talk to people. And what about you, Larry? Ask them questions. <laughs> well, um, I, I, all of this makes so much sense to me. I, I agree with Brian that mindset is a critical factor. But I, the thing I, I, I say, I learned back in sports, be consistent. No matter what you do, be consistent with it. We can always make you better through training and education. But if you're not consistent, you don't get up and you do the same stuff every day, you're never going to get better. You're never going to get anything done. Yes, absolutely. So have we solved all the problems of real estate at least this week? I, After hearing about wind mitigation, I know why I moved. Yeah, well, because uh, of the, all the wind, I was bl- bl- blown north. I'm going to use cone of uh, uh, uncertainty with my wife maybe tonight. 
And uh, Brian, you know what palmettos are, right? Palmettos. Are you talking about the palm, or are you talking about the little insects or big insects? Yes, the the, <laughs> the big flying cockroaches that'll uh, eat you alive. Yeah. Yes. Those, those things. Yeah. That, that. Yes, they take on a life of their own. There tends to be a problem down here if you don't take care of that. But, yeah. Uh, we got we got some good pest companies we can recommend. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Broker Talk. We're a weekly podcast hosted by real estate industry geniuses. Uh, well. <laughs> no, industry professionals and always dedicated to telling it like it is. This is Jim Lowenstern. And Larry Lawfer and thanking Brian Salchuk from Florida and his A1 Florida Real Estate. Thanks so much, Brian. Thank you, Brian. And Thank you, Bob. Baba Booey. To you all. Guitar gently weeps.